This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. To pay or not to pay? That is the question. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Adam Flatley, former director of operations at the NSA, and now Director of Threat Intelligence at Redacted. Welcome back, Adam. Thank you so much. Tell us what Redacted does and give us a quick overview, if you will, of your experience fighting ransomware. Sure. Um, Redacted is a company that was set up with the philosophy of being able to protect our clients from nation state level type threats. Um, We provide Uh, end-to-end security services, um, all the way from providing them like a virtual CISO to help them write their policies and make sure they are compliant, all the way through to incident response. Uh, We have an MSSP where we'll monitor their network for them. Uh, We'll provide network engineers to help them redesign their network so it's secure by design. It's really everything you can think of from soup to nuts for security for a company. Our topic today is whether or not ransomware victims should pay or not pay the ransom. Start by summarizing some of the steps that an organization could have taken to reduce maybe the damage caused by an attack. So the the number one thing is is good backups. Um, If you have really good backups of your systems and those backups are maintained in a secure manner, usually offline, um, the ability to recover from a ransomware event is usually pretty, is, is relatively easy. It's never easy, but relative to, uh, to what other things you'd have to do, it's, re- it's, it's the most effective thing. Um, but even that is not really um, enough to protect companies these days, uh, because most of the ransomware actors that are out there have started spending a lot of time in the network before they encrypt the networks. And they end up stealing a lot of data before they go into the actual ransomware portion of the operation. So they're stealing things like, um, like intellectual property, like plans of new, new systems that they may wanna sell. Um, they steal personal information about uh, the, the members of the company, um, you know, PII, Um, HR type materials, they'll steal emails that could be embarrassing, and they will threaten to expose all that information on the internet as an incentive uh, to make them pay. Um, And I've even seen some cases where they never even encrypted the network, they only did this extortion piece of it. So um, there's, there's no way to have backups to save you from that, right? So it's, it's a very tough situation when a company gets, gets attacked by one of these actors. It's, it's like the worst day of their life. And you know, they really have to try and scramble to try and salvage um, their company and their, and their reputation. So no organization wants to do this. But are there ever situations where paying the ransom is the best course of action? So I guess what I would say 
is that there, there are going to be instances where paying the ransom is the only course of action for some of these victims. Um, there, are, there are going to be victims that are just not as technically savvy. Um, and you know they didn't know that they had to do all of these steps because it's a small it's a small company you know maybe a family business, and you know they don't have the resources necessarily to defend themselves against you know a potentially state sponsored ransomware actor, right? So some of these victims their only way out of trouble is to pay. Um, the 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 idea that you know banning ransomware payments that has been kicked around a lot, I think that we're definitely not ready for. Um, I think there are, too, there are too many victims right now that basically you would end up re-victimizing the victim by punishing them a second time by now they're in this horrible situation and they have no way to get out of it. So um, I think that what we really need to focus on is trying to make it so that the fewest number of victims have to pay the ransom as possible by helping people prepare for these events, practice running through uh, a recovery, making sure that they have their system set up in a way so that if they can recover quickly and avoid paying the ransom that they will, um, or um, that, you know, basically we wanna to try to make it so paying the ransom is a last resort, but we shouldn't take that resort away from people because there's sometimes it's gonna be the only way to recover. To what degree have cryptocurrencies lowered the barrier to entry for cyber criminals? So I wouldn't say it lowered it lowered the bar or the barrier. I would say that uh, it definitely, um, the way the cryptocurrency is currently set up, it definitely uh, allows for anonymous payments and anonymous recovery of money um, and turning that into actual fiat that they can then spend. So the way that that the system is currently set up, um, it definitely allows money to transfer uh, to these actors in a way that they can get to it without getting caught. Um, so one of, one of the big things that really needs to, to change, um, and this was one of the recommendations from the Ransomware Task Force as well, was um, to start regulating cryptocurrency like you do with other forms of money. Um, get these exchanges to have to follow um, the know your, know your customer rules, um, to follow the anti-money laundering uh, statutes, to follow the, um, the anti-funding of uh, terrorism statutes. All of these are financial laws that um, if they're applied to cryptocurrency exchanges, um, it will greatly reduce the ability for, uh, for anonymous transfer of money um, and it will also then enable governments around the world to seize these funds from the actors. So even if uh, the victim pays and they're, they're out of trouble and the money gets sent through multiple exchanges and diffusers and trying to, um, to mask that money, um, if all of these things are put in place, it could still be tracked and then seized. Uh, in the future, so that you can you can actually prevent them from profiting from their crime long term. What are some of the risk benefit trade offs involved in the decision to pay or not pay, and what are the factors you consider when advising organizations on this topic? So the I mean the the factors are numerous. 
Um, like I said before, you know, this company is is having the worst day of their of their life when they're hit with ransomware and they have to think about um, their reputation. You know, if it gets out that they were a victim um, that depending, especially depending on the industry you're in, it can have a really serious impact on your stock price. Um, and so um, they're, they're, they're always worried about that. Um, it's also thinking, you know, um, you know, it will the actor actually unlock my network when I pay? Um, some of some of them are are better at that than others. Um, you saw that even uh, recently during uh, the Kaseya incident, um, there were some victims that were stranded because the actor kind of popped smoke and disappeared before they they uh, were able to uh, unlock all of their victims. So. There's always the whole the whole concern of of will will paying actually um, will paying actually protect you, and then you know if if there's the double extortion angle that's a part of it as well, um, you still have to trust them not to publish your information or not to sell it to one of your competitors, um, and you know that you're not exactly the most honorable people in the world who are conducting these operations, so. They may not publish it on the internet, but they may do a, a backroom deal with your biggest competitor and sell them all your secrets so they, they can profit twice. Adam Flatley, Director of Threat Intelligence at Redacted. Thanks for joining us and shedding some light on the work that you've done. If somebody wants to connect with you, Adam, how can they do that? Um, I'm on Twitter and on LinkedIn, uh, or they can go to our company website and they can uh, drop a message there. I should say done and doing. Thanks for again for joining us, Adam. Thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.